Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. I am Kay. And my name is... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. My name is... Oh, what is... Oh, I'm sure it'll come to me. Uh, uh, and we find ourselves uh, for remember, the first time in, in... Remember what? That we only review a book by its cover. Oh, oh, is that what we do? Oh, okay. Now, that seems like a fun idea. Yes, that seems to be like our thing. It's like it has been for 91 episodes. For 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 what? Huh? 91 episodes? This is episode 92? I, I don't see how that's possible. I literally oh. just arrived here in your library. Oh, oh, okay. Um, what do you... Um, but I'm, I'm delighted to see it. Do you, do you want to maybe give me a tour? Like, I've never um, been here before. Ah, um, so, yes, you're Kaki and I'm Kay. And oh, that's this right. is Cover Your Ass. And we only... Cover ref- Your Ass? What a lovely idea. Sorry, Cover My Ass. Is that, is, that <laughs> is that a name of a show? Yes, it is. It's oh, a- oh, we're doing... Okay, so, welcome, dear uh, readers, to... See, cover I just My had, Ass, yes. I thought it was Cover My Ass because yes, I had this little no, note co- here, but I'll scratch my ass. that out. It is Cover My Ass. It'll Sorry, cover I, your ass. I was Got a little it. bit confused here because, I mean, you seem to have, like, injured yourself a little bit. Oh, have I? I'm a little bit concerned. I think you bumped your head or something. Oh, my head? No, I feel fine. Okay, good. Feel, oh, it's a little wet. Oh, what's this? Uh, yes. No, that's not. Oh, it's don't. Not, it's uh, not, oh, don't do that. Oh, d- what? Don't that's do not what? Blood? Okay, never mind. What did you want me to do? Oh God. Um, um, so. Um, oh, I've got red on me. Yes. Don't, Hold don't, on. Like, what if, oh, don't, oh. don't let me. Don't 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 lick it. Don't touch. It. I mean, it's too late to not touch it. Um, uh, it is kind of all over my hand. What yes. What happened? What were you? What were you doing? You don't remember, of course, because well. Yeah. That, okay, so yeah, you're you're a little ahead of me there. Yes. Um, okay, so we've got a bit of a problem here, because um, you don't remember reading the book either, do you? Which book? Yes. Oh, well, we'll get back to that in a moment. Okay, let me, okay. Let me just like, grab some towels here and see if I can get that ink off you, at least oh, the wet you. part. I mean, it's like, it seems to have like already soaked into your skin a little bit. You've got some, like, some on your forehead. I don't know what you've been doing. I told you to stay away from the red ink. Did you? Yes. When did you tell me that? Oh, back in episode 20, or earlier even. We've done episodes? Yes, we have. It's like, I mean, you are here in my library on the first floor. Yes, uh, yes. Actually on the second floor, but it's first, what Americans call the first floor. No, the other no, way it's around. The other, it's yeah, it's the other way around. Oh, see, no, I do remember some things. Here on, yeah, here on the first floor of my library. Like, like pedantic obscura, those I remember, but okay, real basics a, like my that, name, that, Kaki, okay. you said? Okay, you yeah. are starting to recover. That sounds like the Kaki I know, so that's good. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> see, no, apparently no amount of mystical ink can erase the core traits. Oh, mystical ink. How do yes, I know there that? You go. It's the red ink. I've warned you from the red ink, so I don't know what you were doing with the red ink. I mean, kind of by definition, neither do I, if this no, is one of the things that not. red ink does. It looks like you've been using it to catch catalog the bookshelves or something like that and you oh, yeah. clearly have spilled some onto yourself there's like a whole list of runes here written in red ink which i told you not to but you know it's uh, i don't remember i'm well, sorry no I'd... clearly you haven't and if so, i forgot that i forgot i apologize you are here in my library and you are my uh, assistant librarian oh that Normal. explains the li- assistant librarian card see i checked yes. my wallet to see if i had any id there you go so i had a picture of myself while i was sleeping which i thought was a little weird it's easier to take pictures of you when you're sleeping Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well. You also uh, smell different when you're sleeping, but that's different. So I don't use my nose, is what you're saying? Oh, I wouldn't know about that. What do I smell with? I mean, I would assume you'd still smell with your nose, but oh. You said I smell different. Yes. I thought you meant, oh. Well, that would be smelling differently. <laughs> oh, God. We into that. <laughs> See, you remember your, your pointless obscura as well. Hey, but, you know... Uh, if so, if this is what we what we do, uh, and it yeah. says here like baffling books reviewed but not read, like we should probably still be able to do that, right? 
What? Review a baffling book that we've not read? I mean, okay, so we'll probably have to hide from the readers the fact that I can't remember reading this book. Yes. But if if my Swiss-cheesed brain still remembers Pointless Pedantic Obscura... Yes, then I'm sure we can just... fine for I'm it. sure we can just wing it. Right? Yeah. We just look at the cover of the book, and then we'll just, like... Review it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, nobody would catch ever catch on to that unless exactly. they've actually read the book themselves. See, that's what. I, what but that's what I mean, when's that ever happened? I certainly wouldn't know. No. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, welcome, dear readers, to the first episode of the. Oh wait, not the not the first. It's the ninety second episode. Gosh, of uh, cover my ass. And uh, do we do we have any other catchphrases? Do we have any other information that we usually tell them? Do we have like a a homepage or a Twitter? Oh yes, or- uh, we are uh, cover my ass cast at uh, Twitter uh, on Twitter. Yeah, uh, yes. And you can reach us at uh, coverfromyasscast at gmail.com. Wow, you said that with such confidence. Like, you, have, you must have had a lot of practice. I you must, must have I, said that every episode. I have never said it before. I've just listened to you say it 91 times before. So it kind wow. of like sank into the fact, which is kind of remarkable because it's not always gone exactly the way it's supposed to have been going. But yes, That seems unlikely. I yeah, seem like, like the, the kind of person you could just imagine something no, once you, and then just repeat it. No, nah, you'd write that out on a prompt for yourself so you just can read it off and you, you don't have to like so. I just fumble don't with it every see time. see it anywhere on my notes. No. But, oh well. Are you right? You do see. You have some notes. Are they written in red ink? Uh, these aren't. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I think that was clever. <laughs> I mean, that would be very annoying if you've written your uh, <laughs> notes in red ink because that would yes. mean like every every scene would be completely new. <laughs> yes, I. I. While we're doing okay on the uh, uh, Danish Apple iTunes improv comedy podcasts top. 50. Oh, wow. I don't think that I'm a good enough improviser to be able to uh, completely reinvent each book every scene that we get back to. But No, that uh, would be hard. So what do we have in store for, I guess, me this yes. week? Well, this week's book is by Kenneth Balmer. It's called City Under the Sea, and it is apparently science, science fiction, fiction at, at its, its best. best. Yes, yes I, I love that. And there's, uh, uh, oh gosh, there's, there's, there's quite a bit happening on the front of the book. Yeah, apparently That's probably it cost, how I say it. That's probably one of my catchphrases, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's like, it, apparently it costs two shilling and six pence. At least I assume that's what the two slash Or it could be six. two and a half feet. Which seems unlikely. I mean, a two foot six inch long digit doesn't seem like really a very the digit kind of got me. Like, yeah, it's it's dealing with the antithesis of decimality, which is uh, uh, the the British currency system pre right. uh, uh, sensibilization. Seventy four, or when did it go again? Early seventies, I believe. This uh, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what we have is uh, Steve Carroll in a uh, swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, kind of is, and it's, it's, it's quite a revealing swimsuit. It is. It's more like a. It's more like a little a sw- waistcoat. A swim no, look at that! It's a crop top. It, well, I think it's just to be meant to be a BCD, but uh, a what? It's a, a buoyancy control device. It's like one of those little inflatable vests that divers wear to oh. uh, c- literally control their buoyancy. It's like it works like works like a fish's swim bladder. It's like you can inflate it uh, with a little bit of air from your tanks or deflate it and thereby uh, uh, make sure that you have neutral buoyancy at whichever level uh, in in the ocean you are. What dictates the buoyancy required at different levels? Basically your volume and the ambient pressure. So literally only your volume. And actually weight as well. well, Because over time... Yeah, well, your volume is pretty much constant as a diver. But your weight will change because you are slowly emptying your uh, air tank. Ah, so over over time yeah. you will get significantly lighter. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. And of course, with you have to adjust for pressure. Gosh, I'm learning so much here yeah. already. Uh, this is literally like the, the the second piece of information that I've that I've had aside from from uh, my name and this podcast. So third, third. So third, yeah, he is swimming with some red flippers on, and he's showing got off a, quite a bit of midriff. By he the way, does yeah, it's like he's got this loincloth-y type 
swim trunks. And he's got this, like, diving knife strapped at an awkward angle to his face. Uh, sorry, to his, to his leg. <laughs> yes. And he's carrying what looks like a machine gun or something. Yes, underwater. I think that's a science gun. It's, oh, science gun. I guess we're going to get to that later in the show. Because and behind him is a, a man on a shark. Well, not just any man. No, 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 of course not. That is, as we shall learn later, Commander Chum. Uh, <laughs> yes, and, but, and Commander yeah. Chum, uh, besides wearing kick-ass boots, which I think is just, just the best kind of yeah. uh, underwater fashion, he is wearing his knife correctly on his belt in, yeah. a, in a fashion He's that is He's also got a crop top. Yeah, this this is seems to be a thing. Yeah, they. Yeah. I, I guess they all want to show off like their belly button piercings. I suppose that's going to be a thing. And, he's and like, the is there a nice word for the tattoo on the uh, lower back above the backside? Oh, besides the the, the tramp, tramp stamp. stamp yes. yes, is there a uh, better word for that? Ass, as antlers. Yes, yeah, as okay. antlers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Commander Chum with his uh, anglerfish-type-like glowing uh, bulb on his forehead. Yeah. I think that's what it is, at least. It must be some kind of sensory device rather than a lure, because, well, if it is a lure, then it's not our hero exactly, is, is kind of ignoring it, and that is Fluke Skywalker. Oh, that's what his name is. And, of course, he's got his shark set in full forward. As you can see, like, the tank-like controls on the forehead of the shark. Oh, is that what they are? I think it was. It's like that. I mean, that's how, that's how you control, of- drive a tank. You have, like, two levers, and each, each lever has three positions forward, neutral, and reverse. And basically, the left lever controls the left thread and the right lever controls the right thread. So you can have them both forward and then you're like driving forward and you want them both backwards. You, know, you have one right. forward and backwards. And, and, like, right, so this controls spe- like one, the, like the starboard fin and exactly. then the other one controls the port fin. Exactly, at least that's what I think it is. Yeah. So this shark is stuck in full forward. Yes, because he's got these knobs sticking out of, yep. his, out of his forehead. Uh, and, oh, should we tell the readers at home that they can, where they can see this... This picture that yes. we're looking Why at. Why don't we do that? Like an audio, uh, um, you do can, that. You can look see at, it if you just look, close your close your, you look eyes at your and podcasting what, device. Oh. You should should be able to see the cover of today's book. You said it uncertain there, but yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it depends. Not all podcasting devices show cover, so that's where there's a little bit of uncertainty. Oh, so is there an alternative where they can see the cover? Um, I mean, they can see it on our site, uh, covermyasscast.com. Is it? That's right. Yeah, it is right. It well, is. is it? No <laughs> question mark. <laughs> that must have been some pedantic esoterica, otherwise I wouldn't have remembered it. You would it. have thought so, yes. That's where you could like, uh, look at today's cover, The City Under the Sea. By Kenneth Bulmer. Uh, yes, it's a, it's a good thing that our website is so is so obscure and and very rarely mentioned because probably otherwise the the, the red ink would have erased it from my mind like other relevant information. I mean, we must it must be a very obscure website. So Fluke Skywalker, <laughs> we see here one more thing, Ooh. which is like neither of them is wearing face masks or you know breathing oh, apparatus gosh, or yes. anything like that. That's right. I, I mean, mean if, in case of Commander Chum, that makes sense, but in case of Fluke Skywalker, being human, I believe is um, it's specific to Commander Fluke Skywalker because he is is the, the only person in the world who can hold his breath for more than 45 minutes. Oh, yes. Which which makes him extremely suitable for these kind of underwater... Yes. Uh, I mean, even Guy Wood Threepwood can only hold his breath for th- seven or eight minutes. Is, uh, Guy, Guy Brush, Guy Brush Guy Threepwood? That's the one, yes. See, it's the pedantic obscura. Yes. That's just <laughs> right at the front of my mind. I mean, there's nothing else there, so it might as well be. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I wonder how different that is from usual. No comment, Your Honor. Thank you. And it's got some fish around it, but yes. And some fronds. With fronds like these. Who needs an enemies, yes. <laughs> yeah. The book actually doesn't start with the scene. I mean, like many books don't start with the scene that you see on the cover. Instead, we are on planet Nimosis, uh, which is where uh, Commander Chum is preparing his next invasion. 
Ah, uh, yeah. yes. They are basically moving to the next pond, which is what they call planets. Because they're basically oh, called fun. They're ponds pond in, hoppers. Well, yeah, pond hoppers. And they're like yeah. basically livable ponds in the emptiness of space. Because they are oh, a, wow. they are an, a mostly aquatic species who move from one planet to the other and they seed it with their uh, uh, spawn, the, the plant life native to their own environment. And after letting it seed in for a few millennia, they uh, move over there in their space fleet and they have a new planet completely well, neoformed, I suppose, as you'd call it. Because they're not going to call it Terraformed, yeah. yes. Aquaforming. Aquaforming, yes. Yeah, it's sort of, which I, I guess is sort of a, a practice that, that pond and aquarium lovers do yes. do as well. And uh, yeah, they move in and they have like a new territory to get the... Aquascaping, is that the one? Aquascaping. Is that like Brazilian? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they are literally like pond hoppers. Yes. You know, going from uh, from planet to planet and preparing it for their, their invasion and inhabitation. Yes, they prepare the invasion and they uh, send it off to the next uh, suitable planet and uh, or yeah. a bunch of planets. They don't know which one's going to take. It's, it's, it's very much like spawning fish, you know. They'll, they'll just, like, spread it all over the place and then whatever, whatever takes, it takes. And then they like, find out which ones were the good ones later and they move over to those planets and keep building on their empire. Throwing sticky green saline reproductive spaghetti the wall and right. seeing what sticks. Exactly. There's a lot yeah. of sticking going on, and this makes them like understandably impopular in the galactic community because they're making a mess all over the place. Yeah, so it's rather unfortunate that they are the ones who first discover a little blue planet called called Earth. And they like it because it's already like 70% water or 80%, how much is it? Like 70%? That sounds, that sounds about right. I mean, uh, it's probably correct because if I said it wrong, you would have remembered it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay, good. Good thing to know going forward. Uh, but yes, they discover a, a, a probe sailing through the vast blackness of space, Voyager 23, mm. from Earth, and it's inscribed with the usual offensive graffiti, you know, yeah. uh, these these weird pink-skinned aliens with all of their junk out. Yeah, just sending going. them nudes in a mixtape, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, like- well specifically, like, uh, uh, while it previously used to be the Golden Record, mm. as you as you recall, which it had some really useful stuff on there. It had jazz and, like, the sound of laughter and messages of welcome in different languages, and for some reason also the names of all the sitting senators at the time that the budget oh. was approved. Oh, funny that. Yeah. yeah. It's weird how it got submitted to the, the, the Congress and then it sort of emerged from Congress with, with enough funding, but also these additional pieces of information that yeah. had to be sent out to all aliens everywhere. But in this case, instead of that kind of universal message of love and welcome and like trying to describe where Earth is in relation to other known quasars or pulsars or whatever it was, the mm-hmm. difference is, I think nobody's clear. In this case, Earth had sent out the Guinness Book Golden Record. Oh. Um, Yeah, where instead of, like, saying, like, welcome and useful things, they talk about... How great they are. Yes, yes, that they have people who can hold their breath for 45 minutes, that they have uh, a a woman in Sao Paulo who can lift six pianos and uh, a a Chinese basketballer who can jump 25 meters, and, of course, Fluke Skywalker. What did I say? Skywalker, that's right. Skywalker, okay, yes. Uh, who who can hold his breath for 45 minutes and just showing off their supremacy to the rest of the, the universe because they are what's known as a brag race. Oh, that's the one. It's like Earth is brag race. Yes, Earth yes. is a Earth is a is a is a, a hilarious brag race that just 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 lives to show off how great they are. I think it was run by a guy called Rude Paul or something like that. Yes, it was a and kangaroo called Paul. I think oh, that's that's Rude right. Rude Paul. Paul. That's, that's yeah, I thought it was Rude Paul. As in, like you know, he's like a bit of an abrasive character. Signed Rude Paul. The the Nemosians, Is that correct? Nemosians? Nemosians, Yes. Uh, discover this and. 
like none of them can hold their breaths for for forty five minutes without genetic engineering, and uh, uh, none of them can like lift six pianos. It takes them a little while to figure out what a piano is without it, it does, yeah, uh, like- an exoskeleton. And they must have been outraged because they have their sights suddenly set on Earth. A, yes. a nothing planet, a nothing burger. No, and they are making straight for it. They decide to go on their world-seeding uh, expedition now that they have Earth Ugh. in their sights. And they basically... I don't like the sound of that, I've got to say. Well, it's, it, I mean, it is kind of what you would expect, except what they really? do... Really? World-seeding? Uh, hold on, I'll just, I'll just look this up real quick on the internet. Now, let's see, what's the first... Oh, the, uh, well, I've got a bookmark for something called X-Tube. That must be a, oh. must be a search engine. So X-Tube and then world-seeding... Oh. Oh, really? And that's what the Nemotians are, are, are into? Gonna, are you going to need five minutes for yourself? Oh, five minutes seems optimistic. But okay. Yeah, let's well. just, I'll, I'll do that later. <laughs> yeah, all right then. Um, so, wow. Basically, uh, go, what they do go is they, they sent off a icy asteroid, or maybe a comet is probably a better word. Basically, you know, it, it's neither. What? It's mm. neither an asteroid nor a comet. Well, no. It's a, it's a meteor. Well, oh, and then it becomes a meteorite? I mean... Like, it's a... It's a it's a meteor when it crosses into the atmosphere, yeah. and it's a meteorite if it then hits the Earth. Right, but, it's, but in this case, it's just basically a big icy sphere, which is uh, hurtling towards Earth, uh, in, on the liquid on the inside, so it contains all the ne- needed animals and plants and bacteria. See, that's really clever, but it's, it's still, and I, I'm sorry that I've got to like, dump this pedantic obscura okay. on you, but while it may be uh, like heavenly bodies, they can be asteroids and comets all they want, but yeah. if, if they ever cross into Earth's oh, atmosphere... Then it becomes an e- Okay, so, an, right. as- so and, an asteroid becomes... Okay, fair enough. Yep, if it, like, if it never strikes the Earth, then it's an asteroid. Or, right. Yeah, and if it burns up an atmosphere, be, then, then it's it a meteor. A meteor and, if it hits the, yeah. and then it hits the ground, it's a meteor. It's a sort of teleological well, definition. I mean, in this you, case, there's no rocky or uh, iron core, so never, nothing is ever going to actually hit the ground and matter. survive. I, I, think, I think most asteroids are chunks of ice. Most comets are uh, at least mostly ice, right? Why else would yeah, they uh, ablate so much? No, and that's very true. I mean, they, they wow. are. This, this podcast is unleashing so much of my brain. This is so exciting. It's great, isn't it? Like It's almost like you're discovering it for the first time. Ah. Uh, but yes, they sh- shoot a barrage of their world seeding um, meteorites. I suppose I should call them now. Yeah, world seeding meteorites over uh, off at Earth, and uh, this has the predictable effect on the people of Earth. They see this yeah. incoming threat, and they immediately consider themselves challenged to a cosmic water balloon fight. <laughs> yes. Now it does. It does take a little bit to 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 get there because at first, I mean, the Earth is struck by extraterrestrial like heavenly bodies, causing untold damage. The giant tsunamis from the impacts, There's the rising sea on. levels. Yeah. But uh, never underestimate the ability of human denial, and the uh, uh, I mean. Like the upper classes, especially those that that sort of rule the oceans. I mean, this is a this is a, a late capitalist society that is stratified into into near aristocracy. So on the ocean, you have, you, I mean, you have the the local rulers of the of the sea, the ahoy polloi, who <laughs> yes. who say there's nothing going on. Like this is just, this is just natural. This, this is, is normal. Just, this is just some like normal, just some yeah, wet exactly. meat, just some wet meteorites hitting the atmosphere exactly. and. Like, Nothing to worry about. There's nothing. There's nothing different until there's some some 
stern warnings from the uh, Sturgeon General, mm. who says that this is very unusual and we really do need to do something about it. So, okay, fine. Then the primitive humans of Earth interpret this the only way they can as a challenge that they should meet. Because, yeah, I mean, they want the bragging rights. Yeah, of course they do. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, I also had Sturgeon General. and I had Wow. A, I actually had a name for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, thanks to the, the Sturgeon General... Um, Benjamin Plankton. Oh yes, uh, Earth uh, uh, decides to like reinvest in its uh, in its space program to meet this alien menace Chal- head on. No, no, not an alien menace, alien challenge. Oh like, yes, they have of been, course. They of have course. been. They, are, they, they have noticed that there's actually other people out there, and now they have been challenged to an intergalactic water balloon fight, and they will meet it with determination. Now, I, I understand that the Nemosians must be must be chuckling at this because hurling a giant rock across the universe takes some time. It takes some planning and mm. an understanding of like the naturally occurring gravitational eddies. And there's no way that a primitive species like humanity is going to work out this, let alone faster than light technologies in the in the in the centuries that it's going to take them to completely obliterate the Earth. They're, yeah. they're unimpressed. Yeah, uh, but Earth takes to the challenge. Yes, using a rather unusual usual technology uh, uh, that catches the the nemotians by surprise so they they take their inspiration as as humans often do from the the, the natural world around them and one mm-hmm. of the uh, one of the species that is most successfully resisting this new encroaching biosphere is the mantis shrimp yes the mantis shrimp known for delivering and this is more pedantic obscura oh these little these, these little snapping like vacu- yes. uh, what's it called um, the uh, Sh- shrimp i mean the, 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 shrimp yeah, yeah I, know, I know but but and they've got these clubs that they can sort of batter someone with but claws, yeah. so hard that water is dispersed creating a like yeah. a vacuum um, bubble ca- cavitation, a vacuum. vacuum cavitation that's where i was that looking for that is correct that- uh, so so using this stop ocean cavitation uh, yes. technique with machines designed for for this uh, uh, a decavitation, a, a, a decavitation machine is called a guillotine. Oh God, yes, <laughs> decavitation. Oh God, that's that's right. So when you activate a, a guillotine, you yeah. get your cavitation. When you stop the ocean around it, inside that vacuum cavity uh, emerges a little synthetic wormhole, which oh. you can use to target anywhere in the universe. So humans have skipped the usual like technology tree to get to faster than life, and they can just they can send their their yes. intergalactic water balloons fast. straight into orbit yes, of Nemosis. Faster than life technology. <laughs> yeah, which they're obviously very keen to brag about, and they're already like inscribing the next Guinness Book of Golden Record yes. for the next uh, they, Voyager So They basically send off their first uh, vacuum cavitation bubble off to uh, uh, Nemosis and uh, attach a few notes uh, calling the uh, Nemosians uh, bettas and cusks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. And of course, a uh, basically a friendly jib attached to them, which is like they say, "catch you later," which oh, of course is yeah. a which is of course n- not a friendly uh, goodbye no. saying in the motion, but it's that's a threat. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Commander Chum decides, like, okay, this is going to need his personal attention, and he will have to supervise the conquering of Earth himself. So he uh, gets on his starship, the Hook and Sinker. Oh wow, uh, yeah. And it's a, li- it's a ship of the line. Oh, yeah, I bet it is, yeah. <laughs> it, it sort of looks it. like a pink starfish. It does look a bit like a pink the, starfish. Which the humans are pretty keen on commenting that, Ugh. It's like, oh, well, you know, some people are into that sort of thing. Yeah, so Commander Chum, he's kind of like the king fin 
of the Nemotian forces. He is, absolutely. He's like, he's this big dude who is like, I mean, I guess the, the front cover doesn't really do him justice no. in, in that in that regard. Well, uh, that's probably he's got the, he's got the sort of glowing forehead. Like, that's, oh, that, that's, that's clearly his, like his, yeah, his letter of Mark. Ah, does it make sense to have a letter of Mark when you are the government? I mean, a letter of Mark is basically something that was granted to essentially a pirate. I don't do pirate. as well when someone else has, like, pedantic oh, obscura. So it doesn't. Like, it doesn't, like, hurt like, your feelings a little bit. Well, it's just. Does that make you feel like a beta or maybe like a cusk? (laughs) No, no, it doesn't. I I don't. I don't ascribe to any of those uh, uh, particular labels. So we have the uh, we have the king fin of of Earth, the the senior member of uh, uh, the Ahoy Polloi, Scott Labatt. Scuttlebutt is his nickname. Right? Yeah, Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt. I mean, he's like he's got a. Ear to the ground for gossip. Yeah, trying to he- like a conch shell to the surface. Oh, very yeah. good. Uh, yes. Let's stick with the metaphors. Ah, yes. I mean, what they say in the army, if you'd like put up your shoe to your ear, you can hear your drill sergeant shouting, what kind of stupid shit are you up to? <laughs> that sounds right. Do you know where the word scuttlebutt came from, by the way? No, I don't. Do tell me. Okay, so to scuttle, you yeah. know that, yeah, right? Scuttling a ship. It's like, yeah. Specifically, like putting a hole in it. Yeah. And a butt is a, uh, is a barrel. Right. So there would be a water barrel yeah. that had a hole in it that you could yeah. just go to and, like, dip a spoon in and get some water. Oh, and that w- So literally, the water hole, like the, the water... Water cooler. The water cooler, like, right. which is literally... That's where people would, like, just hang out and have a wee glass of water for five minutes. So that's where the gossip happens. Okay. That's, so, like, that's, water cooler talk and scuttlebutt is the, the same exact, thing. Oh, wow. I had no isn't idea. Isn't that cool? Yes, that's very much... Uh, which is so yes, uh, Scott Labatt has his has his conch shell to the uh, uh, to the waves. Yes, and he realizes that Commander Chum is on the way, and they need to meet that with, uh, I mean, a Superman of their own. So they pick the one person who can hold his breath for forty five minutes. Luke Skywalker, and, and they give him a quick team. His assistants, Marina and Calispo. Ah, yes. Uh, and one of them has a speech impediment, but not the one you'd think. <laughs> no, Marina is like definitely the... Uh, Marina, yeah, Marina. she goes for, but yeah. yeah. I mean, is that like, that's probably not a polite thing to do. It's like if someone has a speech impediment and they introduce themselves and their speech impediment influences the way they oh. say their name, like would you then say it the way they say it or the way that name is generally pronounced? Best guess, I suppose, you, I mean, you've got to, you've got to just, yeah. I, mean, I guess like, you have to like take it off someone else who knows who, who knows them better at that point. Or just like, like yeah. I mean, if it, if it's really unclear, then always you should just ask. Oh, uh, true. I mean, yeah, the, a little bit of embarrassment saves a lot of aggravation over time. That's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Something happened like recently. It's like someone was called Christian and go like, actually, do you prefer Christian or Chris? You know, it's like just ask him, and then he goes like, yeah. And he says like, it usually gets turned to Chris, but I. Prefer Christian? Like, okay, I, I know, I know that now. He's like, because like, yeah, your yeah. your urge is to like make it Chris, and apparently that happens a lot. And then you just go like, oh, that's why you ask. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now these uh, these assistants, like, they don't really pass the Bechdel test so much. I noticed in this uh, in this book entirely, like they they, they yeah, like to gossip about. They're uh, talking a lot about flukes and. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, his nickname is the Muscles from Brussels. Oh dear! <laughs> yeah, and uh, both of them want uh, want Fluke to be their boyfriend. Boy. Boy. Oh yes. So Commander Chum arrives on the hook and sinker, oh, and yeah. uh, basically decides dives right into the Earth uh, with their final bid to 
destroy this planet and claim it for their own. Yes, and, and it shows a very inopportune moment for the for the humans to do this. Like they 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 selected that most sacred of 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 celebrations, celebrated the world over, blow holy night. Oh God, yes, blow holy mm. night. The land is slowly sinking. Mm. Oh, but she does because there's like because yeah, these finally these, acknowledging these, the climate change. Yeah. Meter, it's because of the water balloon fight, of course. Yeah, of course, like water levels are going to go up a bit, but they always go down again later so it'll be fine mm-hmm. especially if we do more of our uh, stop motion cavitation, cavitation yeah, yeah. and like send them send them right back to it but um commander chum comes in and they decide like okay they have this tactic which they use on planets which are not sufficiently uh, barren for their seeding techniques it's like just they move in and they dis- decide to destroy a key species in the food chain so to yeah. to collapse to collapse the food chain and thereby take over the planet. Of course, they're completely water based. So like most of the humans, they don't even notice this going on because they're completely land focused. And you know, humans are losing species left and right, and just don't notice them anyway. Like the species diversity is declining percentages over over year over year. Yeah, and even better, I mean, they notice with all the higher marine life forms dropping out, the amount of krill increases exponentially, which causes a yes. great boost in the human krill farms. And you just go like, oh great, like suddenly. All this food that we can easily scoop up and use. Yep, resulting in the in the, in the creation of uh, like the the, the 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 most booming underwater city, like the new economy, uh, and everyone is is flocking to Grand Central Cetacean. Yes, as the yeah as, as it's known, krill farming takes off like great. You have surimi everything. You have surimi cows. You have surimi. Uh, <laughs> wow, what is a yeah? I remember that was a horrifying creature. What was the surimi cow described well, no, as? No, it's beef meat. From Surimi, it's like they, I think you misread that. Oh. I think your first like instinct was correct. It was a Surimi cow. Oh well, and it, what do they? It what was kind of like, like it was kind of like a whitish creature with like some thin legs, which seemed to be made out of rolled up fish paste like material, oh, and like it's yeah. got like an orange stripe around over its back. Oh wow! And it's kind of like oh, I mean, like you can make a lot of sushi out of one Surimi cow. I mean, it is great. You basically just slice them up, and, yeah. uh, and you're and you're good to go. And, and you can, if you slice them one way, you get like strips, and if you slice them the other way, you get circles, and if you slice them on the diagonal. You get spirals, I get no, uh, just different cycles. Spirals? Ovals. No, you get ovals. Yeah, it's all a spiral anyway. You've got it's, a it's, cylinder. None of it's a spiral. Rolled up fish protein flake, uh, flakes. So, oh, is it? I mean, that's basically what what's what's. Really oh, it starts off as a sheet and then it gets rolled. Oh, exactly, wow. and then the so last that's... bit, and the last bit gets colored, so it kind of gets the shrimp coloring, or in this case, cow coloring. That's like, yeah, that seems like space folding technology. I wonder if it uh, is. I mean, that's it's... the next generation of stop ocean cavitation. Well, it's a different path. Uh, so Commander Chum, uh, 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 like their their attack on, on Grand Central Cetacean does not Go very really well. succeed. No, I mean, no, they, I mean their, their, their big plan to destroy the key species and reduce the food chain, it Backfires tremendously, and they yep. and the humans go like, "Oh, right! All this krill. We're just like going to move over to a krill-based economy. We can just like use the protein and turn it into whatever the hell we want." Even the the basic security ground around Grand Central Cetacean, uh, well funded by its uh, burgeoning krill industry, is easily able to repel Commander Chum and his lagoon squad. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it would have been a legume squad, but they're completely water-based. They don't have anything anything to deal with the solid surfaces of Earth, which is what like the the, yeah. the biggest problem they have. They have like they're 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 based on fluke sky water, and they think that 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 uh, everything underwater that's the only thing there is. That's like the anyth- yeah. anything and any land might as well be the top of Mount Everest as far as they're concerned. Like someone might go there if they're insane and curious, but so humanity just pretty much keeps on living in. 
ignorance of what's going on underneath its waters. Yep, never even aware of their of their invasion, and they. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, suddenly seafood becomes really cheap. I mean, imitation seafood <laughs> yeah. becomes really cheap. I mean, I guess the Japanese complain a little bit that there's no more t- uh, bluefin tuna and squid. Well, those are being cloned again at Grand Central Cetacean. I mean, yes. there is a there is an active cloning program where they're making baby sea mammals. Yes. Uh, you know that 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 old song, a whale in a manger. Oh yes, yeah. that's. I never really... It's one of those blow holy night songs. Oh, that's the one. Yes, it's the one. One time a year that all of humanity, or at least the western part of it, comes together and uh, at least pretends to. At least, well, that, that's that. Yes, there's a lot of acrimony there. But yeah, on the anniversary of this invasion that Earth never noticed, while its uh, while its economy is blossoming, the the guillotines are activated, and one of the biggest wormholes uh, uh, is created through which uh, Fluke Skywalker, Marina, and Calypso. Uh, Calispo fly off into the into the into the vast depths of the universe in their tide pod. Oh yes, that's. I thought that was a very interesting choice of name. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like the it seems like a kind of unwise challenge. But hey, no, as long as you don't like put it in your mouth, I believe it's fine to like go out and uh, go to the different ponds in your tide pod. And- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and and the brag race spreads out into the the rest of the galaxy. Yeah, they're challenging the Nemosians at their own game basically, and subverting them with their Tide Pods. I mean, their Tide Pods are not very good for the uh, local ecology from the Nemotian no, planets. they are not. It's, uh, it's all CFCs. And, yeah, the Nemotians are, like, completely unprepared to deal with a uh, counterattack, as they see it, on such a biological, uh, chemical yeah. uh, level. And, of course, the humans are still as blissfully ignorant as they always are when they go traipsing into a new environment. I felt bad for the Nemotians as we zoomed out at the end of the book and we we saw the reports of the Earth Nemosis War uh, uh, being circulated among the rest of the, the advanced galactic community mm. who didn't pay it a lot of mind it's it's sort of a natural expression of like they're they're sort of galactic gardeners by themselves who have been passing the eons of galactic time by engaging in a, a in, in a engineering contest oh, a genetic engineering yes. contest like who can manipulate the most capable human because they're this pliant dumb little species can can we create one that can hold his breath for, for 45, 45 minutes, minutes? Yes. yes i love that ending when it was like turns out to be like this power play of this weird alien who just like been secretly engineering this into the humans to stop the uh, Nemosians in their expansion drift. (laughs) And the rest of the universe is happy to take a step back and just move from one Nemosian planet to the other and like... See what else they come up with. Preferably keep them as ignorant as they can about the rest of the actually civilized universe. Yeah. Now, and occasionally like uh, 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 grab a little innovation when it comes along, like stop ocean cavitation as a a means of FTL transport is pretty cool. That's a little bit of concern because they go like, oh, we have to be careful that they don't use that to actually get in touch with the real people of the universe. I thought that was a kind of kind of like a cool touch when it's like you get the step back and it's, like, it turns out that everything has basically been happening in this like cosmic fish tank. Yes, where it's like, exactly. Where it's been like basically cosmic fish fighting between big species. And that was a very nice little twist of the... As if uh, our galaxy itself is the city under the sea. Oh, uh, yes. By Kenneth Bulmer. I thought it was a rather good book. It was. It was. It was very entertaining. I love the, the various humans and their uh, especially Fluke uh, Skywater and it's like known as the the, the muscles (laughs) from Brussels which is like I mean I'm not sure what part of his anatomy was referred to as the muscles (laughs) but it's like well whatever has two valves ooh ooh 
I'm not sure I can. I'm not sure either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I liked the uh, uh, like the. I thought the emotions were so clever. As like the water balloon fight is such a cool idea it of is. just well, I mean, setting just, an entire self-contained chunk of because yeah, you can just send it through water. the depths of space. Yeah. You, can, you need a little bit of heat to keep it from uh, from freezing, and then it'll just like float in and like completely seed the planet with their own. Uh, Life forms that they need. Which, unfortunately for the Nemosians, uh, included some delicious variations of krill. Humans are, like, opportunistic, if nothing else. So how are we going to rate this book? I think it's a bit of a fisherman's tale. Um, what? what? What does that mean, numerically? I know, I know tale. a, a uh, fishwife's tale. Seven loaves? No, wait, five loaves and seven fishes? How much was it? That sounds about right. I mean, that doesn't really seem like the esoterica that I stuff my, my little brain with. Oh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fish in the sea. Definitely. So we, we have to, like, rate it out of the lot. That seems like we're getting farther away from... Right, a solution. I mean, a Oh, lo- saline solution. What's Sal- the normal percentage of saline in, in the ocean? Oh, dear. It varies, like, quite a lot. Really? Uh, yes, especially near the poles. It's much lower than... Uh, oh, than yeah, because of all the meltwater. Yeah, exactly. So that's, like, there's no way of saying, like, I think it's on average 4%. Well, what did you say about the percentage of the Earth that's covered in water? You said it so confidently. Yeah, let's say 73%. Let's say, okay, 73 out of? 100. All right. Yeah, that's a good book. So okay, that's, seventy-three out of that sounds pretty. That sounds pretty decent. Like not, not, we don't have rotten tomato. I guess we have rotten shellfish. So <laughs> okay, so we'll, from from now on, we're always going to do percentages. Is that what we always do and always well, have done? Okay, well, we'll, we'll see we'll about that. that. I mean, it would be very convenient if we don't have to think up a random weird thing uh, to rate a book by every time. And like, that would seem to be insane to do that for 92 episodes in a row. It's like rather than just like take a percentage and give it a score out of one out of ten. Maybe it's one of those memoryless systems that it just, you know, it's 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 brand new every time. I mean, it certainly will be for me if I keep licking my fingers. I just I just noticed that I, I've kind of forgotten where we started this. So we'll, we'll call the shrimp 73% rotten. That sounds good to me. And what do we have in store for our readers next week? Next week's book is by Barry... H. Downing, The Bible and Flying Saucers. <laughs> Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And Apparently, remember, we, we only, only judge a book, book by its cover. cover. So I understood. There you go. The trivia has come back. <laughs> oh, see, I wish I was this clever because I went on Twitter and I looked for my friend Blueth, who just has the most fantastic Twitter display names. Right, he's like Blue, the... Oh, holy night, look, those oh, are he's those the, he's the cetacean required. Oh, cetacean required. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>